Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live Brunch. Live Brunch. Yes, hey. welcome to another episode of Live Brunch with me and Matt Covell. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Where is the lovely Christine Lydiard, Matt? Well, we thought since we are in lockdown, we should limit even more the people in the room, which seems a very sensible thing to do. But since me and you are already in the room because you're on the cameras, I was preaching. Um, so Christine's not with us, which is a sad loss for us. And so hopefully I'll try and do my best to make up for that in the answers that I bring today. Brilliant. Matt, wonderful, wonderful preach again this morning. Um, do you want to do a quick 30-second summary of what you shared? Yeah, sure. So th we're at the point in the series of, uh, sorry, the, the story of the Exodus where they're in the wilderness and the people of uh, Israel are lacking in food and, and God provides manna for them. So it's all about sort of the lack that we feel in life and looking to things to comfort us and ultimately God's provision for us uh, in, in Christ. And so I've got a few questions for you guys to think about uh, in your friendships and in your uh, groups uh, as well. So the first that really I kind of started from a place of um, restless heart is just a feature of humanity. But the question I have to begin with is, I think perhaps, well, let me just read it. In the last 20 years, discontentment in our society has increased. Do you agree? Why do you think? Why not? Um, and then secondly, uh, how do you deal with the gap between what is and what you would like your life to be? How do you deal with that? So that's a lot of what I talked about. And so that's a personal question for you to discuss with. But then also being thankful for what we do have. Uh, I talked about that, but trusting God for what we don't have and deepening our relationship with us. It's easy to say that, but I want you to think about what does that practically look like for you in your life? So they're the questions to discuss this week. Brilliant. The big question for me on the back of what you, you, you preached was the Israelites grumbling about, they were missing some of the finer things in life that they maybe enjoyed whilst they were in Egypt and yeah. they had to settle for bread and bud. Um, is it wrong... To miss some of the finer things in life. Like for instance, I've been in this country for about 12 years. I, I miss a good Indian curry. And often I find myself grumbling, God, why have you brought me to this country <laughs> when I could be eating good curry back in India? I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I don't think you're kidding. <laughs> is, yeah, but I guess the most serious question is, are, are Christians allowed to enjoy the finer things in life? And you know, how do we hold that intention with whatever we have? Yeah, absolutely. I think we, what we can do when, is, is go to the, like, the other extreme of being like, well, contentment just means I don't ever desire anything. So I don't want anything. So I'm just like, really, the, the best way to live is to be a pauper and just like shun everything that would be good and enjoyable. Um, that is not what God wants. Um, God has created everything in life and he has created uh, it for us to enjoy and uh, be thankful to him for it, but to enjoy it. Like he, he, has, he has made it. And so a, a theology, a way of understanding the world and way of understanding God, that, that God doesn't want us to enjoy things in life. And that's the way to contentment. That is not, that's not what the Bible says. That's not the way that um, uh, God points us. What, but what we are challenging is when those, we grasp at those things as opposed to connecting with God. Um, and we, we pursue them rather than pursuing God. So, well, okay, if that's the wrong, how do we do both? 
I think Thanksgiving, and I talked about this in the message, but Thanksgiving is the key. I think, you know, and, and, and we see this in the Bible, if it can be received with thanks, thanks to God, then we are enjoying it in a sort of, in a worshipful way rather than a selfish way. It's not so much about can we enjoy that thing or can someone do that or do that or do that. It's are you enjoying it in, uh, a, you know, with thanks to God or is this just about me and my selfish pleasure and, and God can do whatever God wants because I'm not interested in that. That, to me, is the difference. It's the, it's the heart attitude rather than the specific things itself. So you're saying I can enjoy a really good curry you can, and you can or a really good cup of, of coffee well. yeah. or a really good glass of wine or whiskey? Uh, as long as I'm saying, Jesus, thank you so much for this provision, then it is all fine. Wonderful. I do love being a Christian. It is, <laughs> it is very special. Feel released. Uh, I, I do feel released. Um, I guess the question is, the Israelites were, um, were expressing frustration with their desires, but the problem that God had was that they were not expressing gratitude towards him. Sometimes we hear the complaint that, oh, doesn't your God sound very narcissistic mm-hmm. and, and egoistic? And he only wants people to praise him and worship him. And you will have hell and damnation if you don't praise me and worship me. What would your response be to that question? Yeah, I, I can understand that question because I think it's when you read this passage, it is um, easy to think, well, God's just manipulating them. He's leading them into the wilderness so that they realize that they're desperate and then God can be the hero and provide, um, uh, yeah, provide food for them. But I think in one, in one sense, God is the hero <laughs> and God's entitled to act like that. But I don't think God is acting like that in terms of he manipulates his relationship with people in order to, to boost his ego. I, I think there's something genuinely wonderful and good and good for us to be dependent on God. Like, I think the struggle that we have as human beings is that we want to imagine ourselves as self-sufficient, but the Bible would say that we are made as dependent beings, that we have longings, we have desires, we have a desire for connection um, that cannot be satisfied in this life. And that is because the Bible says we're made in the image of God. And it doesn't mean we just have some attributes that, that God has. That is true. But it also means we're made for God. We're made for eternal things. And so the way, one of the ways that God... Uh, deals with us in our lives for the Israelites and for us is to underline to us that that is what we need like no example in the whole of the Bible when you look at different uh, people and the way they journeyed through and the God's dealing in their lives none of them the way that God works is to sort of boost their ego so that they can be self-sufficient all of them, you, you see the, the story, is that God teaches them about how to be dependent on him because when they're dependent on him, they can flourish in terms of who they're supposed to be and the gifts that God has given them and the destiny to walk into. It's not that God is wanting to sort of suppress that. Like God wants more for us than we uh, want for ourselves. Like genuinely like, that is true. But the route to get there is to learn dependence on God and learn that we, we haven't got it what it takes. And so episodes like this where, where we're, the Israelites or for us, we're aware of lack. It's actually we, we're, God's highlighting to us. Yeah, you're, you're a dependent creature. Mm. You're not a self-sufficient creature. 
and actually, but I can provide. And God does provide. It's, it's not like they were went in hungry, <laughs> hungry for ages. They felt it, but just because they felt it doesn't mean that that was exactly when they needed it. No, God had a plan. You know, there's, you read that story and think, oh, God, I don't think God is being mean to them. He is providing, but he provides in his way. And it's a way that requires faith because actually being living as dependent on God is, is the way we're actually supposed to, supposed to live. I think there's a question that's come in on the chat. Um, right, moving you. from from you know the, a lack in things which provide us which are a comfort or are a luxury to what about when there's moments of genuine suffering? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess sometimes you hear. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm, I'm not making statements. Is is you hear of people who who've maybe lost a loved one yeah. uh, or, or lost something that's really special or precious to them or are really suffering with some really weighty stuff. And people say, oh, but God's working this for his good, which is in the Bible. Would you say to the person in that moment um, that God's allowed you to go through this suffering to teach you dependence on him? Is that insensitive or is there a truth that can bring comfort in that moment? And the question on the chat is, um, is there more that the church can do practically to provide comfort and support to those who are dealing with severe and genuine suffering? Yes, I think um, in in all this, I think what we're not saying is if you are genuinely, um, hopefully what we're demonstrating in this series is that through the suffering that we feel and the challenges of life and the pain that we experience, we're not saying, right, here's the quick pat answer. You just got to believe this and everything is fine. Hopefully, what is coming across is that what we believe the Bible teaches us is about journeying with one another and loving one another and grappling with these amazing truths of God, but actually how it, it, it works out in our lives. That takes time, that takes journey, that takes, that takes process. And one of the as- aspects in terms of that specific question is that... Um, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like we can just be glib about or just like quick uh, about genuine suffering and say, well, God's teaching you something, and that's like part of what I was saying earlier about um, that we will experience the bitterness of life, you know, while we're on this earth. Like that is that is real, and and also that will not um, completely make sense to us. Um, and completely understand that until we're in this perspective of eternity. The fact that God genuinely does teach us things through it and we do learn uh, to depend on him and draw closer to him even in the darkest of times, that is true, but that's not the whole answer. The whole answer is in this perspective of eternity that actually we do live in a broken world, we do live in a sinful world, and the reason that we experience loss, the reason that we experience pain is not because God wanted to put us through some an obstacle course to learn how to trust him. The reason for those things is humanity has rejected God and we live in a sinful and broken world. And God is dealing with that and we have to be patient in one sense with that because 
you know, we get to the end of the Bible and it points towards the future where there's be every tear will be dried and be no more uh, pain. That is coming. So God has brought that. That is the ultimate solution. Christ coming again, new heavens and earth. That is the ultimate solution. It's, it's yeah. So let's not lose that perspective. In terms of like uh, the support that, that we uh, can offer people, um, I mean, day in, day out, that is, that is what we, that's what we do at this church. Um, uh, in, in, in small groups, through our pastoral support team, uh, through other small groups that we do. Uh, we refer people for Christian counseling. We uh, have marriage support that is ongoing. Like some of the, a lot of that happens behind the scenes quite naturally, and so maybe people are not aware of it, but you only need to ask and that sort of thing gets set up whether it's asking your site leader asking elders in your church asking your pastoral support lead in your site if you know who that is uh, but just ask uh, one of the elders and that, that that can be set up for people so there's always more we can do of course Absolutely. there is and i can personally testify that there's a brilliant pastoral structure in place where you reach out and, and people love you and look after you and i'm very grateful for that um a couple of questions um, that I, I have. I think let's talk about this, the escapism bit and then let's talk about gratitude. Yeah. And the first one on escapism, um, and you mentioned how when we we don't, when there's a lack in what we feel we are entitled to and we we aren't receiving what we're expecting to, we, we tend to find different routes of escapism. And they look different for different people. Yes. All of us have our own different ways. I was recently reading this terrible story about a pastor in a big church in America who was had to leave his ministry because you know he said he was ministering out of a place of emptiness and found escapism in the arms of another woman who is not his wife and um, just being so aware that a when we do make mistakes and when we do stumble Jesus is sufficient that he is our ultimate savior and his arms are always drawing us back to him so there's there's grace so maybe if, if you are if you are watching this and you're like man I've made some really bad decisions god's grace is sufficient mm. again i can personally testify that he, he will draw you back in there's nothing that you could have done which is beyond his grace so maybe reach out to your small group reach out to your your pastoral team um or your site leader if you feel like there's some stuff that you're having to battle with but again just maybe what are some practical things that we could do one of the big ones being stay in community yeah. talk to people talk to people in your small group do not feel like you're 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 battling or you're struggling by yourself um but what do you what would you what would be some of the ways in which we can avoid escaping into sin yeah i think um it's def it's definitely about connection with other people and being known and I, and i think that you'll get that in your small group to, 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 to some level, I would also say um, that what's important is that we as Christians do have brothers and sisters that we are really honest with um, and honest, honest about this, this cycle and, and even learning to ask one another better to qu questions, uh, more, or more helpful questions, not just like, have you sinned in these areas this week, but where did you feel discouraged? Where did you feel dissatisfied? What are the thoughts going through your head about what you feel you're entitled to? Or what are your frustrations at God? Because ultimately, the, the things that we do, what I was talking in the message about, the things that we grasp at for comfort are symptoms of a problem that begins in the heart. Like that's, what, that's what sin is. And so, you know, the, the pastor... Um, 
you know, being unfaithful to his, his wife, that is a symptom of a problem. And so I think being, being uh, loving to one another in community is not just focusing on the symptom, not just like, well, you keep doing that or you keep acting in this way. I'm going to keep you accountable, which means I'm going to try and make you stop doing that. Accountability is helpful in the sense that if you're asking questions about the, the cause of that behavior, okay, what's going on with your heart in terms of those things? Where's the entitlement? Where's the bitterness? Because that, if you get to the source and then, but all, and also I think pointing out or helping for ourselves, but for help to help one another, recognizing lies that we believe. And so a lot, when, when we do feel bitter, when we do feel dissatisfied, like I kind of referred to it a little bit in the message, but there's lies that go on. There's lies that we start believing about, yeah, God doesn't really care. Or lies that um, y- you have been forgotten or lies that you're, in, you're uh, entitled to more or that pe- other people, they don't trust you as much as they should or you've not got your fair, uh, fair share of things or you've been dealt a rough hand and that's not fair. Mm. And those types of thoughts can fuel, can we, because we, we justify to ourselves behavior which we probably know is not right and we know we're acting in a wrong way but we justify it to ourselves because well i you know god's not come through for me life is not is too hard and so i'm just going to do this for, you know put god aside to one second mm. and so it's actually in accountability asking questions about that about the heart stuff not just the actual the way the symptoms that it comes out i know yeah brilliant. because i think yeah go on brilliant on um last last i guess section of question is on and the whole thing about grumbling. And again, you know, when you, you, you grumble and then you pray and you pray for something that hasn't been answered immediately and you, you press through in prayer and you keep praying and you keep praying and then suddenly God answers. And it's quite staggering when God answers prayers. I find that I have, I can't, there's no words that I can use, uh, which will bring, bring justice to um, what God has done. And there's something quite awesome when, mm. when God answers prayers and he breaks out in, into your life and you feel quite wretched for grumbling because like man god you didn't need to and, and you did mm-hmm. but then we fall back into the the, the trap of grumbling again yeah, uh, yeah and then again god reveals himself and says, god you're real and you've reached out to me and that's wonderful and i do love appreciate what you said about being being grateful is a good cure i guess to to grumbling or is yeah, a good counter yeah, yeah. to grumbling and uh, again just some some practical what would you tell people how do you practice the discipline of gratitude yeah, well, I think it's, I mean, there, there are some things that are, that are sort of very simple and very obvious, but very, uh, but very important. I mean, uh, the daily practice of being in the word and praying and beginning your prayer life, uh, you know, a prayer time with, with thanking God for what he has done for you and, and what he has done in your life. I think another aspect of um cultivating it in the relationships that you have again in speaking to one another maybe in your family and asking one another what are you grateful for and that can create an atmosphere of gratitude rather than an an atmosphere of entitlement that can when we all just talk about all the things that are not right with our life like that because that is a very british thing like i'll I'll say that like if you've been like a i've found that i've worked many different jobs in my life but you go to different um like office environments or different things like that like the easiest thing to connect with people is like what's rubbish 
Like <laughs> you just go to that and they'll agree and they'll agree. that can it's easy for that to come into our just everyday life. We just focus on the negatives. Um, but that's that's a very anti-gospel thing. The Brilliant. gospel is appreciating uh, what what Christ has done. And um, yeah, thank you, Matt. I'm really grateful for your preach. There you go, um, guys. Our time has come to an <laughs> end. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next Sunday, 10 a.m. for another live stream. Are you speak, are you preaching again next? Uh, Joel's week? back next week. Joel's back next week, so we'll have Joel preaching and back on Live Brunch. Have a lovely week ahead. See you later. See ya.